Hello, you're listening to the Black Mentors Podcast, where we ask, listen, learn, and invest in the knowledge and truths of black men from all socioeconomic backgrounds. We also advocate for positive images and narratives of black males in all forms of media. I'm your host, Rodney Harmon, and we are joined today by Keith Berry. Keith is the owner-operator of Paradise Donuts, located at 1620. Southwest 6th Avenue, and a secondary location at 2037 Northwest Topeka Boulevard. Today we'll talk to Keith about what the term serial entrepreneur means. Hello, Keith. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Rodney, how are you this morning? Pretty good. Uh, Let's talk about uh, Paradise Donuts. Um, Where did the name come from? Well, Paradise Donuts... um <clears throat> the company mix has been around since 1967, uh, and it's changed ownership um, throughout the years. And so the company who bought the mix, it was not originally called Paradise. Um, they bought the mix and decided to sell it uh, as a investment, um, not as a um, franchise, but as a um way for people to get into business by using a branded name. So they came up with the name Paradise Donuts uh, and charged a small licensing fee for you to be able to get started without uh, the franchise fees and marketing fees and stuff like that that's associated with franchises. Okay. So uh, you bring up franchising. So what you're saying is Paradise Donuts is not a franchise, correct? That is correct. It is not a franchise. Uh, what we, how I got into it was again, you paid a licensing fee to be able to, to use their branded name and product. But I have no ongoing costs with the company. I don't have any franchise fees, marketing fees, royalty fees, or anything of that nature. Okay. Uh, why donuts? Well, I tell you, I was driving trucks, which was. Um, not the lifelong dream I had. I've always been interested in the food business. Um, I've had several other ventures in the food business. And as I was driving trucks, I wanted to get back into the food industry, but I wanted to get in something that uh, was, um, you know, low cost and low waste. And if I had waste, it wasn't going to cost me an arm and leg, like having to throw beef or, uh, you know, something like that away. Uh, So I kind of started doing investigating, uh, you know, high profit items, um, and, you know, the two highest profit items in the food industry are potatoes and donuts. Um, so I didn't see myself doing a whole lot in the potato business. And donuts, uh, of course, is always a fan favorite. Uh, and so I just kind of started looking into the whole donut business as a whole over a period of about three years. Okay. All right. So um, as we talk about serial entrepreneur and you talk about, uh, you know, doing a lot of investment or correction, a lot of investigation into different businesses that you want to be in. And you've always been um, interested in the food business. Is there any other business you started before uh, Paradise Donut? Uh, Yeah, before Paradise Donuts, uh, the first business that I got into was contracting with, um, no, I take that back. The first business I got into was actually, uh, I did a cleaning and painting business. That was probably the first thing that I did. Uh, So I was doing cleaning apartment buildings and painting uh, turnover rentals and stuff like that it was was the first business that I did. And then after that, I uh, got into contracting um, 
with FedEx. Uh, I did that over a period of about six or seven years. And that was the first business that really uh, started generating some, some pretty good revenue for me. Okay. All right. Now, um, dealing with the uh, FedEx and stuff, what type of contract was that? Do you mean like driving trucks or do you mean... Yeah, it was uh, package and delivery. Um, you see a lot of the FedEx trucks that you go around, uh, the FedEx ground trucks that you see as opposed to FedEx Express. FedEx ground trucks are owned and operated by independent contractors. Um, so I was one of those independent contractors. I had four trucks on the road. I owned um, certain zoned areas like uh, I had home delivery and uh, FedEx ground delivery. And I owned uh, areas in Manhattan, Topeka, and uh, some of the smaller towns uh, in between. Okay. All right. Now, what was uh, the hard part about owning uh, or being contracted out through FedEx? The hardest part with FedEx was um, even though you're an independent contractor, they controlled a lot of what you do. Um, so it was basically like being an employee of theirs, but you had the expenses uh, and and the thing of hiring employees as an as an owner operator, but they basically controlled your whole revenue stream. There was no way to generate uh, additional revenues for your company because you were basically tied to operate uh, the way they, they wanted to opt for you to operate at that time. Okay. All right. So uh, back to the donut business then. What, uh, why do you think America is so obsessed with donuts? Donuts are a comfort food. Um, you know, when we went through the recession uh, some years back, and that was another reason that encouraged me to get into the donut business, was as we went through that recession, uh, some of the businesses that did not struggle were the donut industry. They actually showed an increase in donut businesses during that time uh, because, you know, it, it's a comfort food. You know, when you get depressed or you want to make yourself happy, you know, stuff like donuts are things that people turn to. They're inexpensive. It's affordable. So if you don't have a lot of money to spend and go out to dinner or treat yourself to that, you know, slightly expensive ice cream, you know, you can go get a donut for a dollar and, 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 and make yourself somewhat happy for the moment, you know, give you that little extra comfort. Okay. All right. Um, now were you a donut person before you got into the business or how does oh. it work? Oh, yeah. I, I love donuts. Uh, and that was probably one of the one thing that inspired me to get into the donut business was, um, you know, some of the places here in town that I would get donuts from. I wasn't necessarily uh, impressed because being a truck driver at the time when I was looking into this, um, I would stop at a lot of different places, lots of different donut shops as I was out on the road. And I would just taste some amazing product. And I was just like, how come we don't have these at home? And so that's what really encouraged me to really start looking into the donut business because I'm just like, there's got to be something out here that we can put in Topeka that people would thoroughly enjoy versus the options that we had. Not to knock any of the other donut shops, but, you know, it's just we all want something. You know, if we're going to pay for something, we want to be able to enjoy it. and We want it to be the best that we could possibly have. And that was kind of one of the things I wanted. When I wanted a donut, I wanted a good donut. Okay. All right. What... um. What are the, uh, what am I trying to say? What are the problems that you have or what, what is your biggest problem of being a self-employed business owner? The biggest problem of 
<clears throat> self-employment. Um, there's not one just one specific problem. Uh, there's a couple of problems. You know, when 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 looking for locations, you know, you have to have a key location, but these key locations really just aren't affordable to the average person. Um, you know, uh, not to say that people who own the properties that you're trying to lease uh, shouldn't be able to get whatever they want for it, but it's just not. I don't know the word I'm looking for, but it's just, it's just it's not affordable for the average person who wants to go into business when you're you know you're selling donuts at a dollar a piece and they want you know thirty five hundred four thousand dollars a month for rent. It just makes it unaffordable. You know that doesn't leave any room for profit for you to be able to take money home and to take care of your families. Uh, the next visit biggest obstacle is as your business grows is finding quality employees. Um, you know, with today's market and everybody wanting to raise minimum wage to $15 an hour and to be competitive, um, small business owners such as myself and people who are creating, uh, majority of the jobs in the U S right. You know, and, and, and not to kind of get away from what we're talking about, but when, in, in terms of small business, what they consider small businesses, employees of, you know, 5,000 people or more, but I, yeah. that's not small business. You know, small business to me is people like me who we're hiring 5, 10, 20 people, you know? Yeah. And so it just, it, it, the biggest thing is finding, you know, for me is finding quality employees um, because I can't compete with the Walmarts and McDonald's and the Burger Kings who have raised their minimum wages to $10, $11 an hour. Um, I would love to be able to pay that, but we just don't generate that type of revenue to pay that kind of dollar amount and still take money home to be able to feed my family as well as keep the doors of the business open. Okay. So we talking about, when we talk about small business, uh, we talking about more mom and pop type shops. Absolutely. That when, when, when I talk small business, those are the things that I'm, 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 I'm thinking of. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And, um, people got to understand that, like you said, there's, you can't pay, the prices that these big corporations could pay. No, if I had to, if if they raise minimum wage to fifteen dollars an hour for you know small businesses like mine, then people can expect to pay two to three dollars for one donut, uh, which generally is going to run me out of business because nobody's going to want to do that for uh, you know for to pay you know two or three dollars for a donut. But that's in 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 essence, that's the only way that we would be able to survive. Okay. Now, me and you talked. Uh, off camera or not off camera, off audio before about small businesses and stuff. And one of the things we mentioned was that the buying power of corporations compared to the buying power of uh, mom and pop shops and what people need to understand when it comes to the price difference on corporation prices and mom and pop shop prices. Uh, could you explain that a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. And it's not just corporations in general. Um, <clears throat> you know, when you have the buying power of, you know, large corporations and franchises, um, you know, they have product available to them m much less expensive than what I can go and buy it for. So I have a lot of people come in and saying, wow, your donuts are, <clears throat> are high. Your donuts are expensive. Well, what are you comparing them to? Um, you know, because... There is so many different products that are available, and they're not all the same price. Um, so my donut mix is not going to be the same price as what my competitors are probably paying. 
Um, I don't know what they're paying, but I know what it costs me in order for me to be able to make a profit. So you can't generalize uh, and expect you know, everybody to be the same price because we're all not saying the same, paying the same price. Um, just like coffee, McDonald's can sell any large size coffee or any soft drink for a dollar. I can't do that because I don't pay the same price that they do. Uh, as small mom and shops, you know, when we buy from Coke or Pepsi, uh, you know, not to give plugs, but when, when we buy from these places, we don't get the same prices that the large corporations pay. So I can't sell a 32 ounce drink, uh, you know, for a dollar, um, you know, because if that's the case, I'm either selling it at cost or below cost and I'm not making any money. Um, so it's it's a lot of different variables when you're talking cost, when you're going into different places. So uh, and that's one thing that being in business has made me aware of. I can't go into a place and expect to say this, pay the same price as I'm paying down the street. It's just like going to. Um, you know, Texas Roadhouse and getting a steak and getting a steak from Denny's. You know, it's just you can't compare, <laughs> you yeah. know. Okay. All right. Now, as far as uh, why don't you run us through uh, a scenario of how you make donuts and the time that it takes to make a donut. And I say that because a lot of people don't understand. A lot of donuts aren't made fresh like your donuts are made fresh. And when we say fresh, we mean within, what, eight to ten hours? Right. Well, I mean, so when when, when we're talking donuts, and, th- and that's another thing that, that uh, when we're talking cost is, is, a, is a big issue when it comes to donuts. Because uh, when we say making donuts fresh, our donuts are made nightly just before we open. Um, you know, and it's a process that, you know, it takes five to six hours. And depending on the type of donuts that you have, the mixes you have, donuts have a certain shelf life and they're, they have extended shelf life mixes, or they just have your standard shelf life mixes. And so the process to make donuts, you know, as compared to, uh, some of the franchise places and even your grocery stores, a lot of those products come in frozen. So they can come in, you know, a couple of hours before it's time to open their doors and they put them through a warming process and they warm them and they decorate them and put them on the shelf. Um, that's not how we do it. Uh, we come in depending on, uh, you know, just an average day. We come in at 11, 12 o'clock at night. Uh, all of our, you know, we mix everything. We roll everything out by hand. Uh, we cut everything out by hand um, and you know, and we make them and our process is finished just before open. So you are really getting truly a fresh product. Um, and with that fresh product and, and doing in the time frame that we do it, they have a much longer shelf life. Uh, and so you can come into my donut shop at almost 10 o'clock in the morning, 11 o'clock in the morning and still have a very good fresh donut. Uh, and so as opposed to you going to one of the, the large franchise locations or, uh, you know, one of the grocery stores here in town. You know, you're getting that donut that was, you know, thawed and iced and decorated within a couple hours. Do they consider that fresh? Maybe. I don't know. But uh, to me, that's just not a fresh product. Okay. All right. What's the shelf life of your donuts? You know, generally they say shelf life of donuts um, from the time that they're put on the shelf is usually uh, about four hours. Uh, Our donuts have a shelf life of up to eight hours. And that's just because of the type of mix that we use. And that's and I pay a premium price for that. But, you know, having a donut that lasts that long is much more enjoyable. 
Um, one thing that people say that they love about my donuts is they're great the next day, uh, where a lot of the places that you go to after that four hours, <laughs> yeah. you really don't, you know, you really don't want to eat it. Okay. All right. Um, there's always been a debatable question on whether or not, uh, entrepreneurs are, are born or are raised. A lot of people say entrepreneurs are more made than born. They say entrepreneurs was 5% born with innate abilities and 95% made by life experiences. With that being said, what life experience made you start your own business slash businesses? You know, I would have to contribute that Rodney mostly to my father. Um, uh, you you knew you knew my dad and my dad was uh he worked at Goodyear for over 35 years but during that time uh he also worked uh as a handyman/contractor and the one thing and and as a kid I worked with him you know on the weekends and during summers you know roofing houses laying concrete mowing lawns uh, you know he built decks and you know anything people needed uh and so and that was one thing that he always wished he had done was kind of turn his contracting, his handyman work into a business as opposed to working at Goodyear all those years because that was what he really loved to do. Um, but he knew working, doing that, he wouldn't be able to do that by himself. He didn't feel that, you know, he had the support of us kids to do the things that he did. Uh, you know, I loved working with him during the summers and the time that we did, but yeah, I don't know if I could have seen myself, yeah. <laughs> you know, spending my life on top, you know, roofing and doing concrete and doing the laboring. So, but I kind of got that inspiration from him because, you know, seeing him do what he loved to do and it generated him a lot of extra money. And so that's just kind of where, you know, and he says, as long as you can learn, you know, if, if, if you learn something, you will always be able to take care and provide for yourself. And so I, I you know, so a lot of that I got from him and I learned a lot of things from him. Uh, and so that was kind of where I got the inspiration to, to, to get out here and learn to do something for myself. Um, and, you know, working a lot of different jobs that I've done, um, I've always found that I can't, it's, I'm not a nine to five person. Okay. And sometimes I don't necessarily play well with others. So okay. <laughs> it, right. it's best for me to, you know, I like to be in control of things. Uh, you know, so it just is just so happens for me um, that uh, I, I I enjoy creating something from nothing and 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 watching it grow and 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 become something that 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 I have done. You know. Okay. All right. Now, uh, working with your dad and uh, and we know both as uh, entrepreneurs that for your kid to work with you, sometimes you. Um, it's hard. And even as, you know, as you, you were a kid working with your dad, uh, like you said, there's times where you didn't want to go out and get on the roof. There's times where you really didn't see yourself being in that business if your dad would have started that business. Um, I know you got six boys. Right. Uh, and tell us about your boys and uh, are they in business for themselves? And if not, uh, what do they do and, and what what would you like them to do? Well, one thing about, you know, as far as being a family business, uh, you know, when you start a business, you, you always want an, ex, you know, 
and want your family to be a part of it. Um, but one thing that you have to realize is that your dreams are not necessarily your kids' dreams. Yes. Um, so in uh, starting the business, that was one thing I'm just like, you know, I'm going to start this and we're, 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 we're going to work this together and it's going to, you know, it's, it's going to take off and, you know, we're going to be able to, to do this together. Well, it didn't necessarily work that way. You know, I've had a couple of my kids uh, work for me full time uh, and, you know, they've always gone on to move, moved on to do something different because, um, you know, it's, it's, it's it was my dream and it's always my dream to do businesses and start businesses and I've always wanted to include them in it but I had to learn very quickly but these are my dreams my aspirations are things that I want to do but it's not necessarily what they want to do uh, but the one thing that I hope that they take from it is the fact okay yeah this isn't what you want to do but find your passion and you don't always have to work for somebody, but find your passion and find out what it is that you want to do. If it's your thing to go do a nine to five, then that's what you do. Uh, but, you know, don't always hunt for the, the the big payday. You know, do find something that, that you're passionate about. Uh, you know, so I have a son that's in the military. He's been in for almost 12 years now. And believe me, he's very passionate about it. He loves it. Um, and so that's kind of that that's kind of his thing he had no idea what he wanted to do when he got out of high school and uh, about a week or two before he graduated he said dad i'm going to the army and you know i was kind of worried because he was kind of a shy kid and not necessarily um i didn't think that that was gonna be a great fit for him but it truly changed his life so uh, i just encourage him to to find out what it is that they want to do and, and be very passionate about. Uh, so currently I don't have any kids that are self-employed. Um, so they're all kind of, I've got uh, two in the military and I've got uh, one that's uh, driving trucks. Uh, of course, and I still, I've got one getting ready to go off to college this year. And, you know, so they're, they're kind of, they're kind of doing their own things. Um, but, you know, from time to time, I wish they would stop in and help dad out and save, save me on some labor of trying to find some employees just once in a while. But yeah. No, I understand. <laughs> okay. Now, um, when you, when it comes to your kids and stuff and it comes to your wife, um, I always like to let people know that, or, or the purpose of black mentors is so we could change the narrative on where black men stand when it comes to family and it comes to being a father and it comes to still being you know, involved with your family and having a job and working for yourself and stuff. So, um, in three words, how would you explain your wife? I could probably do just a couple, just very understanding. Okay. Very understanding. Uh, you know, cause she, she you know, I know you said through, but I mean, she, the challenges of being self-employed, I mean, you know, as 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 an owner-operator of your own business, you have to be able to find that balance of family time and, and, and work time. Uh, and that's been the biggest struggle for me is because I spend so much time focusing on the work and you lose sight of of. of Balancing that that time away from work and realizing that you need to give just as much time at home as you do at work. Uh, but the one thing that I always tried to do was find time. I you know my kids were always involved in sports and activities. I always made time for that. Uh, and I will say that my wife, God bless her, has been very understanding. And and I'm I'm trying to focus on giving her more time and 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 
giving her the time that she needs and the things that she needs versus always her expecting to support my time away from home and a time away from her. Uh, so that's 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 the biggest thing. Okay. All right. Yeah, I say three words, but it, I just want people to understand that uh, the term that it takes the village to raise a kid also is the same thing when it comes to uh, an entrepreneur stepping out on his own. Right. It takes a village. It takes the family to be able to uh, give in. But it also takes that individual that started that business, like you said, to look back and, and really realize how much time you are away from the family and how much support they give you. And and I think we sometimes get away from that, that you automatically think that your spouse is supposed to be there no matter what. Right. And not realizing that, okay, she or he is there for you, but are you there for them? Absolutely. You know, and that's and that that, that just goes back to what we were saying a minute ago. Uh, you know, the one thing that you have to realize, and I, you know, it's your dream. It's not necessarily yeah. their dream. You know, but my wife is very supportive. Um, I mean, I've 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 done so many different things, and she supported everything I've done. And so I just have to say that 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 she's been great uh, through all of it, and very supportive. Uh, of all the things that I've decided to do. So, uh, you know, but, but without her, none of it would be able to be possible. Okay. All right. Take us back to the 18 year old Keith. No, and we don't, we don't really want to go back yeah. that far. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I know we never want to, we never want to reminisce on, uh, our age and want to reminisce on going back, but take us back to the 18 year old Keith and, and what, would you tell that 18 year old Keith about eventually being self-employed and what would you change in the process? You know, the 18 year old Keith was a lost young man. I didn't know much about entrepreneurship back then. I didn't know much about self-employment. I really didn't even have any idea what I wanted to do with my life at that time. Um, you know, so of course now with me being through everything that I've been through, uh, I would tell him, early, you know, early on, anybody at that age is, uh, you know, as as we, as you talk about being a black mentor for any 18-year-old man is find your passion and follow your dreams. Don't chase the money, you know, chase, chase, chase something that you're passionate about uh, because the money will come. You know, it, it's, it's, it, it's not all about Money, you know, I, I was I, before I came here today, you know, I kind of listened to a lot of old old school R&B and, you know, stuff like that. And I was listening to LL Cool J this morning and one of his songs, you know, he talks about um, money doesn't make the man, the man makes the money. Yes. You know, and so and that's what we have to realize is don't let money make us, you know, let you know. So and, and the way that I interpreted that is. Find something you're passionate about, follow your dreams, and make the money. Uh, I, w I left a job making six figures to do this donut business. And believe me, it, it is I was I was chasing the money, but I was extremely unhappy. Uh, and you were I was, chasing the money when you were working for the right when I was driving driving, driving trucks. trucks. Yeah, okay. you know it yeah. wasn't you know, but I was I was I was miserable. Yeah, I had plenty of money. I was you know I was taking care of my family, but I was absolutely miserable. Uh, but I've always been passionate about food. I've always, you know, and, and being self-employed and 
do I miss the money? Yeah, but I am so much happier now. I've I've developed so many different relationships, uh, and I've met so many different people uh, by doing something that I enjoy doing. And you know, I don't come home and complain about not wanting to go to work and just being you know miserable every day. So talking to that eighteen year old, uh, you know, Keith, I, you know, is you know at that age right now, I just don't think that. Anybody quite has a passion about something, but there are some, uh, you know, but at that time, I just, I, you know, I didn't have people in my life to to educate me about the possibilities of entrepreneurship and being able to, uh, you know, do something of your own. I was always just told, you know, find a job, go to work, you know, and, and, and save your money. Um, it wasn't, you know, you can do whatever it is that you want to do. You don't have to necessarily go to work for somebody. For somebody. You know, so, I mean, I don't know if that answers your question, but that's just kind of, you know, what, how I look at it is, I, you know, I didn't, you know, had I had some, some of that input and we as young black men don't have a lot of that information put out in front of us at that, you know, at, at that age. Yeah. No examples to really look up to toward owning your own business and stuff. Right. Because, you know, I knew a lot of handymen just from being around my dad, but none of them actually took that to the next level as uh, you know, running it as a business, business. Uh, you know, so it was It's always a side hustle, right? It was it, it, just exactly that, you know, take your got car over to the shade me tree mechanic yeah. where he's making a few extra bucks, you know, yeah. uh, you know, stuff like that. So, but it's, yeah, I just, I just wish that I would have had somebody saying, you know, as opposed to you need to get a job as to, you know, whatever it is that you like to do, you know, I, I you know, you 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 can have your own business. You can do what you want to do. You don't necessarily have to go to work for somebody. You know, so. Okay. Yeah, that, that's something they need to teach in school: entrepreneurship. And uh, uh, based on the same way, I mean, just give a little history of me and keto. I say keto. Most people call me keto. <laughs> right. Right. If 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 you know me, you know me by keto. Yes. But if you don't know him, call him keto. <laughs> okay. But anyway, uh, you know, we grew up together uh, probably since kindergarten, uh, besides me moving away and coming back and stuff with the military and with the government and stuff. Uh, so we've always been real good friends, best friends and stuff. So, And we've always had a knack for, I think there's quite a few of us that's always had a knack for being an entrepreneur uh, in this area, even without no, like you said, no uh, examples. Right. Uh, I kind of relate it back to maybe something that, you know, we used to go to East Lawn Community Center and where Juan Abbott was the uh, director. Or Poppy, as you most yep. know. Yep. And I think Poppy set a standard for us that basically let us know that we could be anything we wanted to be. I don't care if you had two dad, two moms at that. I mean, not two moms, two parents at the house or one parent. Well, that's at the not house. uncommon today. Yes. yes exactly. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it didn't matter what you did. He he let you know that you could be anything you wanted to be. He brought in tennis instructors for, we were all black communities then. Yeah, know? yeah. And we had tennis instructors. You ten, know? Tennis instructors. I mean, he took us out. I mean, it, it, there was, it, 
you know, and I, I will say as far as having a mentor growing up, that was probably the only one mentor that I had in my life. I mean, from and 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 he I guess that's kind of what helped with the mentor uh, uh, entrepreneurship, because we would walk around town handing out papers and and and, and you know, yeah, flyers, flyers, and advertising all, for people. that Yeah. Had. You know, during campaigns and stuff, we would, you know, hand it was just, you know, passing out phone books, whatever it was always. He always had us busy in the community doing something uh you know and and it was he was the, the one person that that i looked up to uh growing up yep and then basically like i said we would have pass out flyers uh pass out like i said phone books when people do phone books now out their car we would be in the back of a truck jumping out and out uh phone books and at the end of the day we would get five dollars i want to say yeah back there but that $5 meant a lot to us because we were all poor living on the east side of Topeka. And so not only did that $5 mean that we could go out and buy our own stuff, what it did was it, you know, it planted a seed in our mind, like Keto just said, that you could actually go out and start a business. You could actually make some money by going out and doing your own thing. And we were just 8, 9, 10-year-old kids running around you know, on the weekend, making $5 for the whole day. But, like I said, it planted that seed on that, listen, you know, later on in life, we really didn't know what that seed meant at that time. But later on in life, we did realize that if you look back on it, it made us realize that we could be an entrepreneur. So that's the end of my thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's just funny, I, and not to get off, off off topic, but when you when you talk about Poppy, and and the things that we did as as young men, uh, you know, growing up around him, you know, it just goes back to the old adage. I mean, with Poppy, I mean, we took us fishing. You know, that goes back to the old adage saying that you know if you teach a man to fish. I mean, I, I think, you know, yes. you, you, you'll never go hungry. Yes. And that was one of the things, you know, I, I, I learned to fish. I, I learned, I learned so many different things from, from woodworking, you know, woodworking, ceramics. Um, ceramics. I mean, these are, these are things that minority youth today have no idea that these things possibly even exist. And when you talk ceramics, what's that? You know, what's a kiln? You know, yes. that you, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we, we learned, we learned all those things, you know, and, and that's, I think a lot of what's missing, uh, you know, today as our youth, uh, grow up, they don't have these things that, that, uh, show them that there are other things to do. I mean, yeah, we all want to play sports, play basketball, football, and go to the NFL league. And, but the, you know, that showed us that there were other things to do that we could in life other than play basketball, football, even though we did all those things, but we still had all these other activities available to us, uh, you know, to, to learn a skill, to learn a trade or something of that nature. Yeah. And back then it was taught to us that basketball was our sports period. Or secondary. Was plan B. You know, plan A was a job, uh, entrepreneurship, uh, education. Right. Uh, and I think that has reversed since you know since this social media thing that came out and a little bit before that um now everything is everybody wants to be a singer a rapper uh a sports person you know right uh, in sports and stuff but if you look at it you know you got more people behind the scenes in sports and and in the music industry than you actually got up front 
Right. So you're better off going, you know, the backstory of some of those uh, people's uh, lives and, and then, you know, being employed that way or, or, like you said, starting your own business. Right. And just to touch on one thing when, you know, when you asked me about the 18-year-old Keith and what would I say, um, you know, the one thing that was that was – I was always told, you need to go to school. You need to go to college. Well, let me tell you, not everybody is a great student. No. And that was me. I was not a great student. Um, me either. I, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, I schools just just was not my thing. You know, people who know me probably thought, oh, I did good. No, I, I, was, a, I was a horrible student. Uh, you know, I, I, I did what I did. I needed to do to get by. And, you know, and the one thing that people always said, you need to go to school, you need to go to college. You don't necessarily have to go to college to become an entrepreneur. No. Uh, you know, it is. And so, you know, if you go to school, college, you get an education, that's great. I'm not knocking education, but for those of us, you know, I tried to go to college. I, I you know, I took, it just, just was not my thing. So, but I just, I'm not trying to discourage people and tell them, you know, don't tell your kids to go to school because, you know, that's it for for some people, but not everyone can 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 do that. So, you know, you, you can have a great life without having to go to college and, you know, even if it's just a trade school, go to a trade school, do you know, and learn to do what you love to do professionally. Uh, you know, there's plumbers and electricians, uh, a lot of these jobs that, uh, uh, you know, that that are available and can provide good incomes that you don't have to go to college to do, uh, you know, but just by learning a trade, you can have a good life. So, I mean, there are different opportunities to become entrepreneurs uh, without having to go to college and, and, and do those things. But for those people who enjoy school and, and, and learning and can, and, and can handle the format of, 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 going to school that, you know, that that's great, but it's not necessarily that you have to do that to, to do, uh, to become an entrepreneur. Yes, good. Um, I was the same way. I, 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 I tell you, I, I hated school. I, mean, I, I, I tell you straight up, I flunked freshman English. Well, I, you know, I, right? I, I, yeah, you I, know, I hated school, but I'm a reader now. Right. I, mean, I completely hated reading. Completely hated. I mean, but I'm a reader now, and that's what made me be an entrepreneur because I started reading, I started getting interested, I started looking at different stuff and going, now I'm more knowledgeable on being an entrepreneur than I was on right, school. Right, right. You know? And see, the difference between you and me, you say you hated school. I love school. I just didn't like going to class. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. You know? Uh, but I think, like you said, that was good what you put out about a lot of, um, everybody's not made for school. Uh, I used to tell my boys that it's either going to college or you're going to the military. Well, I had one go to the military. I had one go to college. One got out of the military. One got out of college. <laughs> right. And you well, and you, you and I have talked so much about this, and you know that's a motto in my home. You know, when you graduate, have a plan that day when graduation is over. And you either got to get a full-time job, you either got to go to the military, or you go to college. So if you choose to get a full-time job, guess what? You get time to go yeah exactly. <laughs> you know uh you know so you military you know you pretty much gonna be on your own anyway you know college i'm gonna support you uh you know but but if we're gonna do this you're gonna give it a hundred percent uh yes. you know and so that's just just kind of how it goes so i mean you have options so and if, if you want to become an entrepreneur i'll support that you know but just be passionate about what you want to do and just don't half step it when you know you decide that that's what you want to do okay all right all right. What is um? 
the jobs that that you had, what is the one thing or two things that you would let any boss know when they're dealing with instructing people up under them? What would you what would you recommend to bosses? Because I I believe you were a manager somewhere at a couple of different stores. Uh, what was your one thing that you would tell the new guys coming in? You know, Rodney, when 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 it comes to you know, and I don't really like the term boss, even as as an entrepreneur, and I have employees and stuff now. I don't like the term boss. Um, one thing that I believe is is continuing to train. Um, the one thing that I I, I don't like to um, what's the term I'm saying. I'm not a. I don't like to micromanage. Okay. You know, I believe in giving people the power to uh, make decisions. Uh, giving people the power. To, you know, once once they once they're trained and learn the job, giving people the power to make decisions and do the job uh, the way that they see fit, as long as it's being done properly. Uh, now, when things are not done properly, I believe that that's just a coaching opportunity for me to be able to get them. Uh, to get things right. Uh, now, some of the jobs that I've had, you know, when mistakes were made or things weren't done the way that they were supposed to be made, a lot of jobs that I had saw that as an opportunity is we need to get rid of this person. I look at it differently because I, you know, I've had some great employees that, uh, you know, made mistakes, but they just needed an opportunity to be coached and corrected and figure out how to do things differently because not every two people are going to operate the same. Uh, you're not going to get employees that are like robots and everybody's going to operate exactly the same way. Um, so I like to give my employees and, and, and people under me opportunities to, to make a difference and to make a change and, and, and to way that they're supposed to be done. Uh, and I encourage them to always ask questions uh, because if you're not asking questions, then you're not learning. Uh, so if somebody's continually coming in and they're making mistakes and they're doing things wrong and I have to continually keep correcting and they're not asking me questions, um, then, you know, I, you know, I encourage them to ask questions. But, you know, if that's just one thing that they just don't, then you realize that you've got a problem. And you've got to make some changes. But the one thing that I encourage is to, you know, my employees to do is there's, you know, you're going to make mistakes. If you're not making for me, if you're not making mistakes, you're not learning. Um, and that's the one thing anybody that works for me will tell you. That's the number one thing that I tell them is, you know, it, it, you're going to make mistakes. You're not, you know, if you come in here at and and, and expect to uh, and I expect you to know this from from day one, then that's my that's my mistake. You know, but, you know, I ha you have to allow people to make mistakes and, and learn from their mistakes and just make sure that they are learning from those mistakes. Okay. All right. So, uh, like you said, don't boss them, coach them. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. All right. Uh, how can our listeners find you, or where can they find you online? Um, usually on 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 Facebook. Um, I I have a Twitter account, uh, but as you know, I'm I'm old school, so it's yeah. <laughs> it's kind of hard for me to be a active. Um, you know, a as an entrepreneur, a business owner, those are the kind, probably the hardest things for me. Uh, but probably fa Facebook is would be the easiest way to reach out out to me if you wanted to reach me online or through social media. Uh, I have a Twitter account, but it hasn't been active <laughs> okay. uh so but uh facebook uh would but uh me no. i'm old school pick up the phone call me at the store i'm, yeah. I'm always ready and available <laughs> i'm the same way uh what uh, um okay on facebook where would where would we find you at paradise uh it's paradise donuts topeka 
okay. and Facebook. Paradise yeah. Donuts Topeka. Okay. And once again, we're at Paradise Donuts. It's at 1620 Southwest 6th Avenue. And there's a secondary location at 2037 Northwest Topeka Boulevard. Okay. Um, here's a question here for you. If you could put up a billboard in any city, where would you put it? And what would it say? You know, being from Topeka, I'd probably put it right here in Topeka. You know, and the billboard, what I, I would say is be true to yourself. Um, you know, and that's, you know, the one thing that and 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 be you. Uh, the one thing that so many people and even myself at times, I, I've, I, you know, I felt myself not being true to myself and always trying to live up to other people's standards and 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 not being who I really am. Uh, and so I'm trying to focus more on being true to myself and, and, and living my truth and, and, and not so much trying to live everybody else's truth as to what they see or what they expect. Um, you know, so I try to be, you know, what you see is what you get. I don't I don't try to, uh, uh, you know, put up a front, you know, so so many times growing up and, and, and coming up as a young man, you try to portray yourself as to what you expect. Ex- you know, what you think people expect you to be. Uh, and, and I've learned that that does not have to be the case. Um, so be be true to you and, and, and be you. Okay. All right. Um, as an aspiring entrepreneur that came to ask you a question about where would they start in as far as like registration and you know, starting a business, what would be the first thing you would tell them? Um, well, the first thing I'll tell them, and one of the things that I did, you know, before getting into business was I started talking to other entrepreneurs and, 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 and gathering facts and information. Um, and that's where you can get a lot of that information because people who, who have been there have direct knowledge as to, you know, where to go to get your, you know, your licensing, your permits and, 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 and all that information. Uh, and I am an open book. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, I would be willing and offer my help to anybody who has any questions when it comes to, uh, starting a business. So, you know, if, if, if you're looking at starting a business and, and, and you need some of those questions answered, I'd be more than happy to, to help out. But that's where I would start is, 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 is finding somebody who's been in the business or, um, you know, to be able to, to guide you in, in the first steps and the processes to, uh, uh, help you to get started. Okay. Now, uh, you say, your open book and stuff when it comes to people asking questions about starting a business. Now, I would say I'm an open book also, but as long as you're not trying to compete against me, you know, then I'm an open book. And, right. and, and I say that because I would say if you're trying to start a donut business, don't go in there to ask how to start a donut. But see, yeah, that's where I, that's where I different, Rodney, okay. because you know what? I, I I think I have the best stuff in town. All right. You know, and so if 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 you're gonna open up a donut shop and you want to compete against me, then bring your A game. And if you come in and you do better than I do, then I need to step my game up. And that's just kind of how I, I look at it. Uh, you know, do I do do I want you to come in and 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 compete against me? No, but you know, but if if I can help, 
another young person, young minority person, get them started in business. I want to be able to do that. Okay. Uh, and I guess that's one thing that I'm not, I'm, I'm not scared of competition. Uh, you know, and that's, I guess I've always grown up to be competitive, but a lot of people have different outlooks on, on being competitive now, uh, you know, so it's just, that's just kind of, kind of my take on it. If you want to, if you want to open up another, now, am I going to give you my secrets on how I do and what I do? No, but no. as far, but as far as giving you the basics as to how to get started with getting your licensing, your permits and stuff like that. Yeah. I'd be more, more than happy to, but I'm not going to come in and teach you how to make donuts. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now that's what I meant. I mean, I didn't mean like if the person was trying to open up a donut business, he he's not going to give you the secrets. Right. Yeah. No, I'm, know, I'm to, not. He's not going to give you where he gets his supplies from. He's not going to give you where. Right. You know. But like you said, you'll give them the basics on how to get started. You know where to go register. Um, you know, like with me, when I started a business, there was no other type of business in town. So, like with you, I think we talked about the same thing before that you would call other people other businesses paradise donuts right. at other cities you know to find out you know right. how they like the product how right. their customers were how they're you know and the one thing about that and it's kind of you know when you say that a lot of them have the same thing that you originally said and i know you didn't mean that you wouldn't help them out but uh a lot of these people wouldn't talk to me until they found out that I was not going to be in the city that they were in. Yes. You know, when I said, you know, I'd, I'd be in Arkansas and I was talking to a lady down there about the donut business. She was just like, well, where are you from? And she's like, if you're from, you know, if you're from the state of Arkansas, I'm not, I, I don't want to talk to you. You know, yeah. I'm like, no, I'm from, I'm from Kansas, you know. And so, you know, so we spend a lot of time talking on the phone. I mean, I talked to people in New York. I've talked to people in Arizona. I mean, I've talked to people all over the country before I started this, but that was always the one thing. So where are you planning on opening your business at? Because if you're anywhere local, anywhere within, you know, a certain mile radius of me, you know, they don't, they didn't want to talk to you or give you any information, not even as to how startup works. Uh, you know, so it just, a lot of people feel differently about that, but you know, I don't, I don't, I don't mind competition. Yeah. It, it could it possibly hurt me? Absolutely. But like I say, but if it's, if it, if I can give somebody else, a, a, another young person, an opportunity to get started and, and, and I can help them and, and they become a great success then I can just, you know, claim that I had a part in that. So that's just kind of how I look at it. Okay. All right. Is there anything that you would leave our listeners that I didn't or ask you or that we need to expand on? Oh, right. And there's so many things, but it probably wouldn't fit up underneath yeah. the top. You and I spend a lot of time talking almost every day. Um, you know, as as you know, as as listeners go, just you know. The only thing that I would say is for anybody out there that that has ability to to help someone who has a passion, who has a dream to be able to become a, a, an entrepreneur uh, of some sort, you know, offer that guidance, offer the help that you can to help them. You know, don't be that crab in a barrel because you see someone, uh, you know, getting to the top. You want to pull them back down. Let's help them get out of that barrel. You know, let, let, let's, let's help, help them move, uh, you know, their, their life forward. And, and because, you know, we re reach one, teach one, teach one, reach one, however it's said, you know, but that's, that's where we have to go in order for our communities to get better. You know, we have to be able to help one another and lift one another up, uh, 
so you know that's in a sense is what I'm saying is let's 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 lift one another up one another up and and, and help each other out. Okay. All right. The thing about uh, being an entrepreneur, it definitely creates generational wealth that you could possibly pass on or that you should be passing on to your uh, kids and your grandkids. Um, with generational wealth comes more power in the community. It puts more light on situations that we as minorities find ourselves in. Uh, that we could get out of instead of just relying on someone else to help us or relying on, I don't even know what the term is, uh, basically not not realizing that we could do it ourselves. Right. You know? and, and, and kind of touch on the last question that you asked me, you know, what would I leave our listeners with? And the, the one thing that I would like to say about, you know, in, in our community is we need to start spending more dollars within our community. Yes. Uh, you know, the one thing that I would like to say to our listeners, start shopping small. You know, yeah, we as small business owners don't offer everything, but the things that we do offer, let's start spending our dollars there first within our own communities because that's going to help these communities grow and become stronger. Because when you have large corporations and 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 stuff like that and people that are moving businesses into the a lot of these dollars are taken out of the community yeah. uh you know so i would you know but but when 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 we shop small and local those dollars stay within the community and are are, are helping people within our community grow uh, again so that just goes back to us helping and lifting one another up by spending those dollars within our own community okay all right is there anything else? No, but I'm sure later this afternoon <laughs> you and I will start talking about and, and thinking about some of the things we should have said. But uh, for the most part, I, I I think we've covered pretty much everything. Okay. We'll definitely be back for part two sometime down the road. Right. You know? Yeah, because we, we have other things that we've talked about that we want to discuss and, and, and put out there. So we'll 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 get another forum to get to get that out there. Okay. Well, that's all for today's episode of Black Mentors, a production of Voiceland Media, LLC. Thanks for listening, and thank you, Keith Berry, for joining me today to discuss what the term serial entrepreneur means. I know we didn't really hit on the serial entrepreneur aspect as much as I probably should have, but... And not to interrupt on. you, but to put that out there, I, I, I wanted to I say Eugene... At KTW, you kind of gave me that title as a serial entrepreneur. So. Okay. All right. <laughs> yes. Uh, and you could look at that at KTW. Uh, look up Keith Berry, Paradise Donuts. I believe it was last year around May that it came out. No. April, April, May. April May, somewhere yeah. around there. So shout out to Eugene Williams, KTW. Uh, also... Make sure you join us here every Wednesday as we ask, listen, learn, and invest in the knowledge and truth of black men from all socioeconomic backgrounds. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Stay tuned for a new episode every Wednesday on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Black Mentors, an affirmation in self-image. Signing out.